0: Hey, good morning. its uh, nine oh seven. Glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up about 35 minutes from now, no, actually about 30 minutes from now, uh, we have Jeannie Singfeldt coming on the program. Uh, Jeannie wrote a, well, uh, co-wrote a book uh, dealing with taxes. Taxes have consequences. She wrote this with uh, Art Laffer and uh, Brian uh, Dimitrovic. Now, I watched... Uh, they had this uh, sort of seminar about the book. It was it was on uh, it was accessible on the World Wide Web, and I watched it, and I was fascinated. Um, I, I so I, I invited uh, Jeannie to come on the program and talk about it. Some really great observations made there about taxes. Uh, I also um, have a, a libertarian candidate coming on, Catherine Dreyer uh, She is running for state senate. Uh, as a uh, libertarian candidate, I look forward to seeing what uh, what she has to offer. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, kind of an eye opener. Uh, I may or may not—you'd uh, you'd be surprised I sometimes don't agree with libertarians on everything. So we will uh, we will find out. Uh, but she is running for the uh, state senate seat, District Ten, and she'll be on the program about forty minutes from now. So that sort of kicks things off for us. If uh, you're interested in contacting me, you go to garynolan.com. There's a way you can do it. And it doesn't, uh, you don't have to get any cookies. You don't have to sign up. You could just, just a way for you to communicate without the world capturing all your information. In uh, the uh, meantime, you can also call 800 529 5572. Last week, uh, when the pipeline blew up, that uh, the that uh, Europe was using to get Russian oil and gas. I played the audio of Joe Biden saying that it would, um, they would just, they would not let them continue. And when asked how, he kind of had a a coy response. But the implication was, was really pretty clear. And I suspected, and I still do, that Joe Biden... Is the reason that pipeline blew up in several places, I think three different places. So I want you to listen to this. This morning, get this one, that the National Institute of. No, oh, no, 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 don't listen to that. Never mind. <laughs> don't listen to that. Uh, listen to uh, uh, Blinken, uh, Secretary Blinken. Ultimately, um, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from uh, Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant, and, and that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for, um, for the years to come. But meanwhile, we're determined to do everything we possibly can uh, to make sure that the consequences of all of this are not borne by citizens in our countries or, for that matter, around the world. Oh, a tremendous opportunity to remove the dependence on Russian energy? Wow. That sounds kind of like what I was suggesting. That, in fact, we're the ones who blew up that pipeline. I think Biden blew it up. I think they think of this as a great way to get us off of green, uh, to get us on the green energy uh, platform. I... I can't understand how Nord Stream being destroyed really benefits Russia. It doesn't. It cuts off an opportunity for them, either now or in the future, to make a ton of money. I'm betting dollars to donuts. We're going to find out that the United States is behind all this. Um, And then... Adding insult to injury, and this this really is going to hurt the Democrats. By the way, if you're seeing gas prices, uh, let me know if you see them going up where you're at. OPEC is set to consider its most drastic reduction of production since the pandemic began in order to help prop up falling oil prices, a move that could put pressure on global economic growth. Hello Joe Biden. Yeah, let's let's see if we can just pinch the uh, the oil line shut to force people into battery powered cars which are a load of horse manure and 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 now you're seeing OPEC come on board cuz they see an opportunity. Hell, the United States which could offset anything OPEC produces can't get oil to market. Because of the Biden administration. We're going to make OPEC wealthier yet. And you know who's going to pay for that? Look in the mirror. You are. Because if, if the demand goes up and the supply is limited all around the world, that affects the price here in the United States as well. Uh, the Uh Here it is. The Organization of Petroleum Export Countries and Moscow-led allies, collectively known as OPEC Plus, is considering a cut of more than a million barrels a day. Concerns about a slowing global economy have dragged oil prices down at their fastest pace since COVID-19. See, you, you thought it was Joe Biden, I know. Uh, The outbreak uh, that began in uh, early 2020 prompting OPEC to consider ways to prop up the price of oil. Any move by OPEC to raise oil prices could put further pressure on Western consumers already hurting from high energy costs while also helping Russia, one of the biggest energy producers in the world, fill its state coffers as it wages war on Ukraine. Oil prices had shot up over $100 a barrel, stayed there for months. But Brent crude and global oil benchmark is now down 23% this quarter, falling to $87.96 a barrel last week. Swiftest decline since 2020. The OPEC nations want to reverse that. They want that oil back up over 100 bucks a barrel. And we can't do a damn thing about it. We can't build a refinery. We can't pump oil. We're just... Stuck in this stupid green toilet that is just circling our economy. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, everybody is covering the hurricane. And, uh, well, to hear Kamala Harris, it just, it's, it's, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. And it typifies the way the left think. I'll share what she said if you hadn't already heard it next on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is nine eighteen. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you, Jeannie Singfeld, uh, coming on uh, talking about taxes. Uh, you know, it's a funny thing. You you look if you do a web search on Jeannie Singfeld, uh, Jeannie and Rex, uh, and you know what you see. I'll, honestly, I'm I'm going to go back. I'm going to show you because I. I went back looking, and I'm going to just go through this list. You know how they're always vilified by uh, people on the on the left, and it's um, you know it's the evil people who have earned a lot of money. Uh, let's see, Rex and Jeannie Singfeld, St. Louis Gift Pledge uh, on chess. Uh, Jeannie, uh, let's see, uh, they they're supporting this uh, chess thing, uh, chess match. Uh, Jeannie and Rex Singfeld Music Center. Jeannie Singfeld, uh, let's see, $50 million gift from Jeannie and Rex Singfeld, the largest gift. That's DSA. Um, it's constant, it's, it's just full of they gave to this, they gave to that, they give to the university, they give, they give, they give, they give, and yet. Somehow, the media treat them like they're evil. And the left think they're entitled to their money. They work hard. They work smart. And they've been very generous. I mean, even the university has gotten a ton of money from the Sinkfelds. Uh, they are they're, they are the good guys. And don't get me wrong. I don't always agree with everything they do, but I, generally speaking, uh, find it to be pretty remarkable. Anyway, taxes have consequences. Art Laffer, Jeannie Singfeld, Brian uh, uh, Dmitrovic, And uh, I watched this thing and I thought, oh, man, I got to get them on the program. They'll be with us in about 10 or 15 minutes. Well, Jeannie will be with us 10 or 15 minutes. We opened the program. I was talking about the uh, the pipeline, the uh, Nord Stream pipeline that has been uh, sabotaged. And last week I played uh, the, the Joe Biden Uh, audio for you uh, when he's asked about how that he won't let that happen. Uh, You know, he's going to somehow find a way to interrupt that pipeline. And then mysteriously, this thing blows up. And Brian and I were chatting during the break. And he said, well, what about Ukraine? Might they have blown it up? I don't know that Ukraine has the wherewithal to go out there and do that. I I don't I don't remember the Ukraine Navy um, or submarine I don't think they have that capacity I don't think they could have done it and um, frankly uh, it doesn't stop Russia because Russia along with OPEC still, they I mean they still got a way to export their oil and they're doing it and making more and more money so I don't think it's them it, it doesn't make sense that it would be Europe why would Europe do this I can't I cannot think of a reason why Europe would do this so you, you know you're, you're left with just two possibilities really it's either the Americans or it's the greens the, you know the environmental radical is uh, uh, global warmists who see this as an opportunity but even they I don't think would have the technology. To destroy that pipeline, it's got to be a major party. It's got to be a major political party, or, or rather, major a uh, uh, powerful nation. And ones with that capability are limited: United States, China, Russia. I can't imagine anybody else. I I got to tell you, it's it's uh, well, it's frustrating to think that we would get involved to that extent. If you can think of somebody else who would actually uh, profit from this i would much rather believe that it's not the united states that blew that up i would much rather believe that it was you know that there was some way for russia to to benefit from this but i don't see it um i i just i it's it i i want to play sammy davis i got to be me it's got to be us uh let's see 874 Ninety-three ninety, Toll-free Or go to GaryNolan.com. Uh, and I'm betting, Brian, that sometime in the next few years, it will leak out that our U.S. Navy snuck in there because we have the capability, we have the means, and we're the only ones who might see a profit in this. I can't imagine anyone else the, being responsible for this. I mean, unless it was Ukraine. And like you pointed out, I don't know that they had uh, the, the Ukrainian the, Navy. The, <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, yeah. And they couldn't have done it without our help. And because Biden said what he did a couple days before the actual incident kind of makes you say, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'd 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 be, I'd be really genuinely disappointed that we did that. Let me go to the phones here. We'll kick it off down in Springfield. Mary is on the line with us. Mary, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm pretty good. I am really puzzled about this because Biden opened that uh, Russian pipeline same time he closed ours. So he's crazy. I (laughs) (laughs) agree with you, but why would he shut ours down and open theirs up and then blow theirs up? Well, it doesn't I make think sense
0: to me I think if you're trying to hurt Russia, send a message keep europe from from uh buying their gas and oil. this works to the benefit of Biden, yeah, it does, but
1: why do you open it in the first place?
0: Well, why does Biden do a lot of stuff he does in the first place? <laughs> about a half bubble off huh. He's got to go. He doesn't make a bit of sense. No, he certainly doesn't. <laughs> All right. Mary, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, he doesn't make a lick of sense is true. Uh, 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572. Everybody's covering the hurricane. Everybody's covering the reco- uh is, is covering the recovery. By the way, um, can you imagine what that's done to tourism? I mean, there's nothing left down there. It was a wipeout. But Kamala Harris apparently thought that you should be helping based on equity Um, or, or, you know, on race. Uh, It was and she didn't uh, she didn't respond when she was asked about it. She made eye contact with the guy uh, that was filming her on Saturday evening because they asked her to, to, clar- to clarify. Vice President, can you clarify what you meant by equity for hurricane relief? And she just walked right on by. She, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't talk. This, this is the mentality of progressives and blacks. And not all blacks, progressive blacks. So I want to make that clear. But it's it's always race. It's the it's it's like the foundation of everything for them. They always have to talk about race. I, it, it, you know, that hurricane didn't care whether you were white or black, didn't care if you were rich or poor. It just took everything down. But. She thought race. That literally was what she thought. She thought race. It was the first thing that popped into her mind. Uh let's see. Uh do we have time? We'll get some phone calls in here. Let's go to Gerald. He's first on Kamala. Gerald, welcome. How are you?
1: Yes, and, and everybody forgets she was she was wanting uh all those instigators and rioters to be bailed out and to keep going and keep riding, keep setting things on fire. It just seems like everything she says is so anti-American. I mean, when I say American, it's America is every one of us. It's, it's no color, no creed. When you're an American, you, we're all together, you know, left, right, in the middle, everyone. Everyone, be the, be the vice president for every single person in America. That's my, that's my feeling. And she's not. She's totally not.
0: No, most progressives are not. All right, Gerald. Thank you. Glad to have you. Thank you. All right, glad to have you in the Gary Nolan show. We have to address this in a way that's about giving resources based on equity. Understanding that we fight for equity, but we also need to fight for equity. It's kind of word salad that you've grown to expect from her. It's never really intelligible. It's. Just word salad. Uh,
2: it is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And so we. When- Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities.
0: Um, Why do you want to be in an equal place? Why why does anybody want to be in an equal place? I don't want an equal place. I want the hard, smart workers to be ahead, and I want the less-driven workers to not be as far ahead. I want disparity. Based on effort, this equity nonsense is killing me. Uh, On the uh, pipeline, Jared said, it has to be a country with submarines capable of deploying underwater special forces to set explosives undetected. The only options for that are America, Russia, or the U.K., I can't imagine the U.K. doing that either. Uh, Attacking the infrastructure used to supply power to people of Germany is an act of war against Germany. The act occurred in NATO-controlled waters. The Russians would not have attacked a pipeline that they used for uh, for leverage against the Germans. Looks like the United States did it, and nobody in the mainstream media is talking about it. Jeannie Sinkfeld coming up next... On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 935. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Um, you look up the Sinkfield name and you find all kinds of generous donations. Uh, $10 million to MU for a new school, uh, music center, the chess. Thing. I mean, they're just constantly doing charitable things. But they understand investments. They understand taxes. And uh, Jeannie uh, Singfield has written a book, co-authored a book with Art Laffer uh, and uh, Brian Dimitrovic. I watched this video unfold on my uh, uh, computer at home uh, and it was just a ton of information about the downside of taxes. Uh, Jeannie is with us now. Jeannie, welcome, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you doing? I too am well. Listen. um, First, tell me about the book. Uh, How long did it take you guys to get all that information together?
1: Well, it was a a long time coming in the sense that Brian and Arthur were writing individual articles, you know, about very specific areas, and then it ended up being a a book. So the the idea of the book was to make it available to a, a larger audience. And to look at the entire history of taxes in the United States, not just narrow times, and the results were stunning. You know, Uh, you know know what? Consequences.
0: You know, know, we we have to address the first lady as doctor. I should probably uh, give you that same that same introduction because you do have a PhD. uh, So it's Doctor Singfield. Uh, Now, how are we doing on sales of
1: the book? uh well it was sort of funny the first day uh they uh sold out with the pre-orders and some of the people who had pre-orders had to wait a couple of days but you know they're publishing more and you know a few more times you'll get your copy so yeah it's on the bestseller list i i'm, I'm amazed about the people's interest in stack fact taxes of consequences well you listen to the talk that anybody can listen to. It's called, you know, Taxes of Consequences on YouTube. And what you see is a consistent pattern. You know, you you raise taxes, the economy does work. You lower taxes, the economy does better, and everybody benefits.
0: You guys so, talked a lot it, about the depression and taxes.
1: Well, of course, because it's interesting. The people who are studying... Uh, the causes of taxes, like Milton Friedman, was looking at you know monetary policy, and other people have done things like looking at the gold. But the depression was the it, one in nineteen thirteen they you know actually started you know federal income taxes, but in the thirties they had the huge <clears throat> you know tariff the highest tariff the u s had ever had smooth follow yeah. And then it followed by huge tax increases. I mean, in the thirties, the tax increase for the highest was the marginal tax rate was seventy nine percent, and they continued this. So essentially, you had forty years uh, thirty year, on you know, fourteen years of the Great Depression caused by taxes. And how could you, as an economist, not look at taxes and their impact? And now we have, you know. Over a hundred years, and looking at what happens, you do certain things to taxes; it affects the economy. And you know, you it's 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 like so much data, not just federal taxes. We're talking about state taxes, you know, sales taxes, property taxes, what I call implicit taxes. You know, the ones that cost you more money. Mm-hmm. You have to hire more economists, but that's essentially a tax. You just don't want to check.
0: What did you guys decide, or did you, about what is the best, fairest way to tax?
1: Did you? Well, I mean, <clears throat> our, our likes, you know, flat tax. But basically, what you want to do is have a tax, you know, that has the lowest possible rate that affects, you know, that everybody pays a little bit across the broad, basically you're getting your taxes from the broadest amount of people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You try and and so you, you have unusual you know, uh, like Tennessee doesn't have an income tax okay? Um, but you have Oregon and Washington one of them has an income tax but no sales tax. The other one has a sales tax and no income tax. So there are a variety of solutions with a variety of types of taxes, but you have to be very careful about taxings. The two things happen on states. If you miss tax, right, you can't tax people who leave the state, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't tax people who aren't working. So, yeah, I mean, is there an optimal way? There's probably an optimal way in a whole variety of ways. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd like to see just one type of tax across the country, just a consumption tax. You know, if you go out and you, you mean, build a, a you huge,
1: mean, you mean a you mean a sales tax?
0: Essentially, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, well, the fair just, tax.
1: You know, yes, it should be a yeah. I mean, our our you know in Tennessee, that's pretty much they have is a sales tax, and their economy is is doing very well, and their revenue is doing well. But he also, in a, you know, feels that there can be other solutions too, you know. He's not trying to be too narrow on <clears throat> the optimal, but I, I agree with you, you know. The taxes are overwhelming if you look at the impact and what some of the crazy things that people have done. And then we have a whole chapter on fun ways that people have avoided taxes. I don't know if you seen that one it was like it's hilariously funny you know as soon as you increase taxes people find very creative ways to avoid (laughs) you know and people who let's say don't make a lot of money they go well i don't avoid taxes and i sort of laugh well you put money in a 401k to avoid taxes you pay your electrician in you know cash and you buy cigarettes in missouri
0: yeah, everybody tries to avoid uh, getting hammered. So, w- looking at, uh, say, you know, we we talk about the depression uh, and the impact of high taxes, uh, allowing that, uh, 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 allowing... And, and by the way, smoot Holly is a tax.
1: Um, oh, ab- absolutely. It's a tax on you buying goods from abroad, and it's a tax on businesses for their revenue after they sell abroad.
0: So what ends the depression? Is it uh, the reduction of the size of, of the federal government and taxes after the World War II? Uh,
1: well, the World War II is it's, it's sort of interesting. It's like the depression lasted through, you know, FDR, okay? Now, in the 40s, right, you can look at GDP in, in two ways. You can look at the GDP for the normal taxpayer, or you can add uh, federal spending for the military. So in the 40s, the top marginal income tax was 91%. Wow. Oh, oh. Okay, and I know that if you were... And then what happened is the government, uh, the companies learned to like that's when they had provided free doctors, right? That weren't taxable. And they got to, uh, uh, you know, basically they they started pensions, right? Because those weren't taxable. So you were doing all these weird things, right, to benefit your employees by avoiding taxes. And it was, and then it was ninety-one percent in World War II to top marginal tax.
0: Wow, ninety-one percent—that that just kills the economy. What was, it, was that the effective tax rate, too?
1: No, no. The mar- top marginal tax is with the highest income. But, well, you know, what the what the U.S. has done over time is when they started in 1913, I think there had about 62 million people there, and they had, like, 350,000 tax people who were taxed. And the tax rate was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7%. Would you like the tax rate that high? <laughs> Okay. And then by by the end of the 20s, or the teens, okay, 6.5 million people were being taxed. And then you moved into the 20s, and they cut the taxes, and things did a lot better. And then in the 30s, they had the tariffs, and they added the taxes, and you know what happened. Yeah. I mean, basically, you see different times. The 20s were good. 30s and 40s weren't. 50s were sort of sluggish. 60s got, you know, better because they knocked down the taxes. And then, you know, then the, you know, you had the 70s where they, in the 80s, you know, where Reagan had some tax cuts. But then, guess what? You know, Bush won, Obama, whatever. They increase the corporate taxes and the Obamacare. You know, basically, it's like he had some good times, he had some bad times. And what you see every time is when you raise the taxes too high, you harm the economy.
0: Taxes have consequences is the name of the book. You want to understand the impact of taxes. You want to explain that to your progressive friends. This is the book that will give you the information that you need to make the case. And hopefully convince people to quit raising taxes. And to, in fact, well,
1: and also encouraging them to lower them. Look, look what happened when, you know, Trump reduced the uh, corporate income tax, right? The corporate income tax at the time was 35%. It was the highest corporate income tax of any country in the world. So, guess what was happening, you know? Companies went overseas. He knocked it down to 21%. And they poured
0: the money back into the U.S. Well, taxes have consequences, Jeannie. Jeannie, I got to yeah, run. I sure do appreciate your coming on the program. Hopefully, people will go out there and get this book because it is an education. And and by the way, if you can find this on YouTube, go watch that interview. Uh, they make I some don't. really great observations. Uh, unfortunately, all it did was whet my appetite for more. So I'm going to go out and get
1: the well, book. Well, you got you got to read the, read the stuff. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it actually sounds sort of fun, but it it was fun,
0: you know. Yeah, it was it was it was a fascinating interview, uh, and I can't wait to get my hands on the book. And you will sign it for me, right?
1: I will sign it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Take Jeannie care. Singfield, thank you for being with us on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, really appreciate it. Coming up, Catherine Dreyer is going to be with us. She's a Libertarian candidate, and uh, we're going to chat with her. About her race, yeah, you might just wanna vote for a libertarian. That's coming up next. on the Gary Nolan show. It is uh, nine fifty two. Glad to have you with us. Running a little late here, but uh, Catherine Dreyer is uh, on and hopefully pronouncing your last name right, Katherine? Yes, you are. Oh, great. You are a candidate for uh, the state Senate seat uh, in District ten. Yes, all right. Uh, I went to your uh, website, and uh, self-ownership, individual liberty, limited government. Uh, but, but I was looking at the front page, so and, and I had a couple of questions for you. Uh, okay. You said, get corporate money out of politics. Give me more yeah. uh, information on that. What do you mean by that?
2: Uh, what I mean by that is uh, the lobbyist money uh, that many of our politicians are taking. Uh, what I feel like it does is it, well, it undermines our uh, republic uh many of our p- politicians then feel beholden to the lobbyists money they are receiving and uh do not vote based on what their constituents want but rather what their lobbyists want uh, so that is what that that article is about and um I'm in the article I'm primarily pointing a finger at my opponent <laughs> hmm. uh,
0: it, it, as a uh, as a uh, an, an objective libertarian I I think people have their own money. They can give it to whomever they choose. I think the government shouldn't get involved in that at all. So I just—I dis- may disagree with you there on that issue. But let's talk about some of the other issues that you stand for. Uh, the state okay. income tax, where do you stand okay. on that?
2: The state income tax? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not in favor of any income tax, to be honest with you. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, I did see that they... Uh, you know, lowered it, reduced it, but I believe we were on our way to that down the road in a few years anyway. So I would have rather seen them do something like repeal the gas tax.
0: All right, so you want to repeal the gas tax. You'd like to get rid of the income tax. Yes, Um,
2: I'd love to get rid of uh, personal property taxes.
0: uh, (laughs) See, now I may have to, (laughs) I may disagree with you on the corporate money thing, uh, but I'm not going to be a single issue voter. Right. Uh, And the
2: corporate money is not me saying that. I think the government should say you're not allowed to take it. It's just me personally. I will not take any.
0: Ah, all right. Now I'm in the right court. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. The state of Missouri is trying to legalize. Well, there are people here that want to legalize marijuana. Right. The Libertarian Party of Missouri has said uh, they've declared they are not really in favor of this. They're going to vote for it, but they're not in favor of it. Where do you stand? Right.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not in favor of Amendment 3, and um, I am uh, the vice chair of our state Libertarian Party, so I was part of that vote. And, uh, yeah, I am in favor of legalizing and decriminalizing marijuana, but Amendment 3 does not truly do that. Um, first and foremost, I don't believe an amendment should be used to create policy. That's why we elect representatives. Um, so, first of all, it's creating a policy. Second of all, it is not, like I said, it's not true decriminalization. Uh, You can still be, uh, receive a fine and misdemeanor penalties um, for producing, sharing, or delivering three to six ounces. So it does place a limit on how much you are allowed to have on you. You can still have felony charges if you're possessing, producing, sharing, or delivering more than six ounces. Uh, So again, not true decriminalization of it or legalization. You can't just be out smoking it. You can't just grow it for yourself for your own personal use Uh, it also sets up a monopoly so that those who are already dispensing medical marijuana get first dibs on entering the recreational market and there is a cap on the number of uh, businesses that could dispense recreational marijuana so it's not a free market system so i feel like from a libertarian standpoint there are a lot of issues with this amendment with amendment three um, however, I am in favor of legalizing and decriminalizing marijuana, but
0: this is not the best way to do it. What are some of the cities that are in District 10?
2: In District 10, oh, there's a lot of cities. Um, there is Wentzville, which is probably the largest city in District 10. Uh, it, it encompasses all of Lincoln County, so you have Troy, Moscow Mills, Old Monroe, I live in unincorporated Lincoln County. And then there's Pike County, so you have Bowling Green, uh, Louisiana, Clarksville. And then there is Montgomery County, so that's going to be Montgomery City.
0: Um, All right. City I just Florida. want people to have a feel for who are listening.
2: Yeah. Whether or not and you're there. It's Callaway County as well. So there you have Holt Summit, Fulton. So it's a very yeah. large district.
0: <laughs> okay. What do you do for a living?
2: I teach. Uh, I'm part-time faculty. I teach at Saint Charles Community College. I teach Introduction to Public Speaking and Public Relations.
0: Okay, so uh, <laughs> you're, you know, you got a good solid uh, uh, background. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, you're going to free people up. the The most important thing on your list, the one thing you're going to fight for if you're elected, is
2: uh, it would be limiting government. And uh, making sure that any bill that comes through is constitutional. I'm tired of seeing even bills that are supposedly good, they they don't abide by our state constitution. Um, so uh, that would be the main thing, just limiting the size of government, making sure that bills are abiding by the constitution.
0: Uh, I assume you have both Democrat and Republican opponents?
2: No, there's no Democrat in this race.
0: Oh, so just, just you race. and a Republican? Yeah.
2: Just me and a Republican, and actually, according to the I Voter Guide, I was ranked as more conservative than my Republican opponent.
0: All right, are you hearing this, people? If you live in that <laughs> district, uh, District Ten, you now don't have to worry about voting for the lesser of two no. evils. Whether you're <laughs> right. a conservative, a Democrat, a liberal, this is this is your opportunity to send a Libertarian to the State House to fight for small government. And I yes. believe to my core that they are principled candidates. Catherine, yep. I'm going to give out your website. It's Catherine okay. D-R-E-H-E-R dot com. Good luck. Okay, thank you, Gary. Carpe diem. Gary. This is the Gary Nolan Show.